Okay, Bishop, we are on number five here, and I'm going to start reading from Luke chapter 2, 1 through 20. And it came to pass in those days that Augusta, that all the world should be uh, registered. The census first took place in Cornelius, uh, was governing uh, Syria, so all went to register, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of uh, Nazareth into Judah into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his uh, betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was while they were in there, those days were completed for her to deliver. She brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, while they were in the same country, shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born in the city of David, who is Christ the Lord, and he will be, this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel of multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory be to God to the highest on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. So it was when the angels had gone from them into the heavens and the shepherds into another one. Let us go down to Bethlehem and see these things that come to pass and the Lord has made known to us. And as they came in haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known of them saying which was told concerning the child. And all those who heard marveled. And, and they told them of the shepherds, but Mary kept at all these things and pondered them in her hearts. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for the things that they had heard and seen and was told to them. So, that's our Parsha that we're reading. So, five, let's look at this. What may we learn from the circumstances of our Savior's birth and the status of the first worshipers? Okay, so we see... That the status was a very humbling, uh, very poor poverty, very low under, should I say the word class, birth for such a king. He wasn't born in a palace and with the greatest adornments of uh, a gold bed and, you know, and all these things. He was born in either a cave or a manger or, you know, and in swaddling clothes, which was actually you know, just strips of cloth that were tore together. So his 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 birth was very, very, very bad. I mean, it's not bad, but very, not up to standards you would think a king, of course, would be buried, I mean, uh, born in. And the announcement, oh my God, who did the angels go to? Did they go to the kings and to the, the judges of the world and to the elite? Did he go to them saying, hey, this Savior's born? No. Where did he go? The angels went to the, the shepherds. They went to the shepherds who at that time were considered the lowliest of people. The shepherds were a job that was despised by Egypt and Greece. They were despised as stinky people, poverty, ignorant. But who did the angels go to? Just like we talked about in the last uh, study, the poor, the downtrodden, those who didn't have much. That's who he went to announce the birth of the king of kings. Such a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful picture. 
What do the angels' messages and rejoicing of the heavenly host teach us of the importance of the birth of Jesus? How is the shepherd's response to this message an example to us? Okay, well, look, we, we, we discussed last lesson that the, the people of Israel were under the bondage of Rome. They were being taxed. Uh, they lost all sovereignty pretty much, as we're also in this country doing now. So they heard the tidings of good news. They heard the tidings of this birth, and they were taught from children that a Mashiach was going to come and deliver them. A Mashiach, a king from the line of David, was going to come. So when they heard this news, they rejoiced. They rejoiced because they knew their redemption was near in their time. Now, I'm sure they were looking for the worldly redemption. They didn't really have a fully understanding of what was going on yet, but yet it gave them hope. And the response was, was they immediately wanted to go find this child. Uh, in our lives today, <clears throat> I'm afraid we don't move that fast. When we hear truth or hear something, we want to, you know, we got to turn our Facebook on, our TVs on, and distraction. There's no way we would go today to find the baby. We would probably just uh, plan a trip next week or so. They were moved by the promises they heard and they acted. And I have been that way sometimes, and sometimes I have not. But when you move, when you hear news like that, it shows faith. When you don't, it doesn't show faith. It goes back to Zechariah. So to me, that's what I see is the shepherds hearing and then moving. They were moved with compassion to find out what was going on and wanted to see their promised Mashiach. Verse 1 through 7. How do these verses illustrate that God controls all human affairs, bringing about his own purpose through free actions of men? Okay, well, God, is he's given us free will. He has given us our souls as we are. He does not sit up there and like the man behind the curtain and try to control our actions. He gives us freedom to move. He gives us freedom and to make the right decisions or the wrong decisions. That's the whole, that's the wonderful thing about our creator is, is he's, we're not robots that are controlled by him. We are free agents who choose to be under his control, but we're not out there on our own. So the way he narrated this whole birth he showed that human action was very much involved. What if Joseph had not of uh, uh, took on that role and and would have turned Mary in and had Mary killed for being pregnant? What if Mary had refused or didn't, doubted the, the promised seed that was in her? You know what would have happened then? What if the shepherds would have heard the news and just fell back to sleep as hogwash and not acted upon that? And then it says that they spread the news of what they saw. Here are your first evangelists sharing the good news they saw. But what if they chose just to go home and not say nothing about this? So God uses human action and everything, as even we see with Solomon. You know how the mother uh, promised if she had birth that she would dedicate her child to the temple and to Eli, and, and basically, what would have happened if she had just given up and not wanted to have a baby, but she chose to give it up? As we choose today, as we have children, to give up our children to God, it's a hard thing to do, but that's what we have to do. So God is very much useful in using humans. Uh, he uses humans to spread his message. He uses human and uh, nature to convey his gospel. So God is very much in tune with using nature and things like that, and humans to carry out his task. He doesn't just muscle in, which he could at any time. Even in his crucifixion, as we get into later on, he let humans do horrible things to his son to ensure the awesome work of salvation 
could be done for us. So that's the end of this study. Thank you so much.